Hello and welcome to the 32nd episode of Ambiguous Borders. I'm your host Miles and is with me is Sevi, the other one. <laughs> the other one. Hello everyone, the other co-host. Um, welcome to episode 32. Why is Lesotho... I've literally said that. But... Well, I was about to finish off with the title of the episode, but now people are just going to have to wait, Miles. Um, they clicked on it. They know what it is. <laughs> Okay, well, you say it, but... Okay, why is Lesotho known as the kingdom in the sky? Cool. Um, so yeah, Lesotho. Um, we have a new episode, new country that is um, less well-known. So I- I've heard it pronounced lots of different ways. The correct way is Lesotho. Um, it is spelled L-E-S-O-T-H-O, though, so hence some of the confusion, but in... Um, Sesutu, which is the language um, spoken there, the TH kind of makes the the S sound. The TH becomes an S. So, so, oh, yeah, it becomes a T. Sorry, it, the H is silent. That's what I meant to say. Thank you. Uh, otherwise, it would yeah. be Lesusu. Yes, otherwise no. it would be Lesusu. Miles is the... I'm the Lesusu in this case. Um, yeah, so... I, what is someone from... Uh, Lesotho called Miles. I don't know what the nationality is. But I I, I guess Lesothoan. So it's actually they they go by kind of their demonym, which is uh, like a person from Lesotho is uh, Mosotho. But the people, like if you're referring to more than one, it's Basotho, and. I, I'm sure you've heard yeah. it. It used to be called Basutu land uh, when it was a British uh, uh, protectorate. Mm-hmm. Um, and Basutu... Classic, classic England uh, naming convention. Yes. Um, People, but... land. <laughs> and then it's also a little confusing because Sisutu is the language, but it also gets sometimes gets shortened just uh, Sutu. Yeah, which is the language among this people group as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, just a, a brief what, etymology update, I guess. Yeah. And I guess it's not etymology, but like pronunciation. Uh, yeah, so we haven't actually really said where it is. I've just said it's uh, in southern Africa. Mm-hmm. It is one of the countries that is completely surrounded by another country. And that, that other country is South Africa. Um, it's to the east of South Africa, the northeast uh, of South Africa, and it's of an area similar size to Belgium or Moldova. Do you have anything American so you can appease the rest of our listeners? It's between Hawaii and Maryland. Um, it's it's collected, right? It, it's like a one block of a country, uh, maybe a rectangle on its side, but with jaggedy borders is a good way to describe it but it's not like maryland where it swoops out around everywhere or hawaii where it's a bunch of different islands because it's not an island it is a country in although arguably it's an island in south africa <laughs> miles okay. is rolling his eyes it's, it's, for the listeners it's got, it's, <laughs> it's got a uh, population of just over two million people which means it's about the same size as uh north macedonia or Gabon, or about Paris as well, like okay. the arrondissements. 
It's also close to Slovenia, which we did an episode on. Um, I'm sure we compared it to these same countries as well. <laughs> um, uh, and, we did, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and New Mexico is about the same size in terms of population in the U.S. Cool. So, oh, and then religion-wise, it's mostly Christian, being kind of like split between Roman Catholic and Protestant, pretty down the middle, uh, with some other as other sects of Christianity as well, and then a little bit of like very few uh, non-religious. Yeah, they have a lot of uh, influence from their um, sort of historic cultures in within Christianity. So there's. Uh, very, so there's, there is sort of like a a mix with um, Lesotuan culture with Christianity for their religion. So, cool. Shall we cover the capital real quick? You can tell me all about the capital. I'll tell you all about the capital. So the capital is Mazuru. Um, it is on the north. It's like in the north uh, west part of the country along the northwestern border, which is kind of at an angle with South Africa. It's a river, so it's right on the river, like just bordering South Africa. And across the river, it's kind of a rural area of South Africa. But it made me think like, oh, we got a capital that's right on the border with another country. I'm like, I bet that's pretty rare. So I looked it up. Apparently, it's not super rare, but it is. How many countries do you think have uh, a border? Uh, capital that is a border of another country's. I am not including microstates and city states in this number. Seven. Seven. You are close. There are ten. But there are seven That's in enough. Africa, which is funny. It's it's much more common in Africa. Um. So, yeah. Would you want to? We've covered a few of the ones in Africa before in previous episodes. Can you think of what which ones those are? So are you wanting me to say things like Kinshasa? Yeah. And? And the one next to it. <laughs> Brazzaville. Which name escapes from Brazzaville, that's yeah. the one. But it's cool because that counts as two because they're both on the border with the other country. Uh, and then obviously we've got uh, Maseru. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing the one in Guinea. No. Nope. Uh, sorry, in the Gambia. The Gambia. Because the country literally follows a river, so it's got to be next to... Oh! Yeah, in fact, actually, Gambia wasn't on the list. Okay. So, anyway, the other ones in, in Africa are Bangui and Central African Republic, um, Gabaron in Botswana, which actually is border on South yeah. Africa, another one on South Africa. Um, we talked about Brazzaville and Kinshasa. Um, Lome in Toga, in sorry, Togo. Um, that one's actually the most, one of the most interesting. It's the only one that is on the border, a city on the border, but there's no river separating the two nations. Everything else has a river separating the two nations that isn't a city state or, um, so, so does the river state. flow like 90 degrees? So it's not on the river bank. It is just upstream or downstream. I think there might just be no river. It's like, Let's see. That's a good question. Live. Oh, it's on the ocean. That's why. Okay. Same, same. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that's a good point. Um, uh, we talked about Ma Mazaru. Um, and then uh, you, you might know. Sevi's done his research. Nijamina in Chad, the capital of Chad. Right. Um, 
is uh, the other one. And then, yeah. And then that's it for the ones in Africa. I was surprised. There are 17 countries on the border if you include the microstates and, mic- and uh, city-states, which was a lot city more states. Than, I, yeah. than I thought. But even 10 without that is, is quite a bit. So uh, the fact seven are in Africa, I think, says a lot about the way Africa was split up, though, and maybe not in the best way. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm, I, I'm done with that. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, so to continue, I guess, um, let's, do, you want, do you want to talk a bit about the people? Yeah. Um, you uh, want to give a really s- s- quick version of the geography and climate? Um, and then we can uh, come back to it. Hilly, colder than surrounding areas because hilly. There we go. Done. Right. Next one. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So yeah, t- tell us a little bit about the people, Miles. Uh, so as you've mentioned, um, a lot of people, we've done the sort of like religion of that. Um, but I would say something that's also quite important is it's a lot of agricultural land, I guess, which is obviously in the low, lower lands. I say obviously because like mountain peaks are harder to um cultivate crops on so uh a lot of people are go i you said it was a lot of agricultural land it's the country doesn't have much agricultural land but the people are like a lot of a lot of them are rural and are on agricultural land and that's their main subsistence is agriculture yep uh they actually lost a lot of um agricultural land in in a, in a war um i'm sure we'll talk about that later so a lot of people are herders of cattle goat sheep um cultivate grains such as tobacco uh, but also they're quite handy skilled craftsmen for metal wood leather that sort of thing um and they also uh, something that's quite interesting about um the culture is that the men uh, typically go and have these hard labor jobs, uh, manual labor jobs, and the women have always done more things in the home. Uh, but that also included a lot of uh, education as well. Mm-hmm. So the literacy rate is higher with women, and and they oh, deal with more financial and commercial information than the men in those um, scenarios. And they had... I think quite a long time ago, I'm trying to think, maybe it was 15 years ago, they had an ambition to have 50% of women in government and in um, roles of power, basically. Mm-hmm. And the reasoning for that is the that they are more educated than the men. Interesting. In the culture. I didn't find that. So, um, yeah, do you want to tell me a little bit about their, their dress? Because... Um, there's yeah. something on the flag that kind of gives that away. <laughs> Way to take the thunder, Miles. Um, yeah, so we th- there's a um, black, like, kind of hat symbol on the flag, and that is the, the Busutu hat, or uh, I'm probably not pronouncing this perfectly, given there was not a good uh, place to find it online, but the Makarotlo is the like official name of this hat and it's a woven straw hat um that has a distinctive knot at the top it almost looks like kind of like a woven bell 
Um, and you can see it on the flag. Um, although in the flag, it's probably accentuated a little bit more than the actual uh, hat. But this is very common for like, we talk about how it's agrarian uh, for farmers to wear around the fields and kind of keep the sun, the, the high sun off their head. Um, another even more famous, arguably, uh, or more useful and uh, uh, garment that they all wear is uh, the basutu blanket. So it's a thickly dyed wool blanket um, that they kind of put over themselves. Um, interestingly enough, the history is uh, uh, basically the first king was given this cloak by a British man, and it kind of like became symbolic. Um, and who who was the first king? Very important figure in. Um, in listen yes, to he was the ah uh, I read it like five billion times and do not remember who was the first king Miles. Can you help me so out? So it's King King Mishreshre. King Mishreshre. Yeah, the first. Yeah, he was the first king. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I. Uh, so they kind of made it their own. So instead of it just being like a cloth cloak, it, it's turned into something like more like this wool and it's got lots of designs on it. So different people buy different ones to, to kind of represent their personality through their designs. But it's also kind of like the knife we talked about in the Yemen episode last where the kind of cloak it is depend says a lot. So like there's one that the king wears that's like really ornate, right? There's one that young men wear when they're coming of age. There's one for like weddings, um, for what part in society you are. Um, and then also to self-express yourself, like just like you would with a, uh, like a pair of pants or a t-shirt or anything else. Um, and it's really useful because it's basically this big blanket shawl and it, the temperature swings wildly given the mountainous region in Lesotho. So the blanket, like it's really easy to open up, close up, and uh, it, it, it's useful as a garment um, in that way. Anything else you want to add to that? Um, I don't think I actually have much of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, one other thing is if you've seen Black Panther, um, if you remember the Warriors what they're wearing is actually uh, that exact thing, a Basutu blanket. Um, and the director was going around South Africa and Lesotho and saw it and kind of was like, oh, I think this would be good. It's the one where they basically put the blanket and it becomes a shield. They don't become a shield in real life, but the um, the style and the look of that is very, very similar to what um, is in uh, the, the Basutu. Yep. I'm sure we will mention mention that again when we discuss the question yes you will that was that was a very uh un unconfident yes is that unconfident well i'm not sure what you mean so you'll you'll let me know uh yeah so um the suthu language is um it's also one of those languages which has click consonants in the words yeah um yeah Sorry, that was out of place. I know we should have mentioned that before. So, Miles is checking things off. Yeah. Uh, so something else that's quite significant about uh, Lesotho is the music scene. So um, they got into sort of like poetry rap um, style um, music from when they were herders and they were shouting around as they would herd the, the animals. Um, and they would they would have songs or poetry kind of style, um, and then a lot of people would migrate to South Africa for 
jobs, as I'm sure we'll, uh, we may as well discuss just a bit after this. Um, so essentially they went out of Lesotho for the wealth and they ended up working in mines and, and hard labor uh, environments. Uh, so there was a lot of, um, uh, as with some of these, you get like a, I, I would think of it as like a pub, but like a, a venue where you would drink and have music after after your sort of day at work, your long hard day at work. And that's where these um these songs or poetries would would become more like singing and they would have male and female and they would just perform. That would be their full time uh job in these um uh communities I guess. And this eventually got mixed in with um accordion music uh to form famo music. So I, I couldn't find anything of this, um, but Lesotho weirdly has quite a bit of French and British influence because uh, King Meshweshwe, the first, invited French missionaries um, as uh, to teach and educate the country, uh, and he was quite careful about allowing them to have too much power, so he tried to use them to let them know about the rest of the world and how the rest of the world works. Um, but... I don't know if the accordion came from uh, the French influence or not, but it just it just seems to have come into being this backing instrument for the the songs, and then this also then eventually in the nineteen twenties got rounded out with um, sort of like makeshift drums of um, empty empty barrels with like tire over tires over the over it, and then you ended up with this famo type of music um occasionally it has a, a bass but it's, it was super popular in Lesotho and actually um it ended up coming into quite a lot of like gang gang wars as well and that sort of increased the homicide rate of Lesotho which um tragically has the sixth highest homicide rate per capita in the world oh wow it's awful um so I'm not saying they're like directly connected those two things yeah. but um that there's, um, yeah, I, I meant to say they, the the type of singing now and the lyrics are very vulgar and very offensive, not just in like, uh, um, like in a very direct way, like to like towards... your neighbour or like something like that. Yeah, oh, okay. to like people in the community. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the last thing I'll say on the music is the national anthem of Lesotho um, was written by a French missionary. And it appears in the popular computer game Sims 2 as the theme. So the theme of Sims 2 is also the national anthem of Lesotho. Yes. Wow. I'm guessing like like melody-wise, not lyrically. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> that's that, I, I that's... I've never I've never played the game, but I'm sure one of our listeners has. That is a fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fun fact. <laughs> um Okay, do you want to tell me a bit about their relationship with South Africa for the people? Yeah, and then I'll circle back to some other stuff about like diet and food and um so yeah, they uh, um it, it it's a little sad. The numbers are a little bit all over the place, but I found like it's about one fourth of like their gross national product as remittances. 
Um, and it's because so lots of people go to South Africa for jobs because there just aren't a lot in uh, Lesotho. And a lot of people aren't employed in Lesotho. That also explains like the subsistence agriculture, right? They're growing their own food for themselves. Um, and even then, 90% of the food in Lesotho comes from South Africa. They're, they're heavily reliant upon them. Um, but you may ask like, oh, but like what does South Africa get? And the answer is, in one way, water. Um, so because... Um, it's a higher region with more snowfall and such that uh, drains down to South Africa. Rainfall. Um, yeah, rainfall and snowfall. Uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, like they basically set up some dams, and a lot of that water is like routed to large cities in South Africa, and um, uh, and and the electricity is actually like part of the deal is. South Africa like funds the dams, they get the water, but like then Lesotho also gets the hydroelectricity, um, which they also sell back to South Africa who needs it or who uses more of it. Yeah, interestingly with that as well, you have um, the deals that were made. So South Africa essentially economically uh, owns Lesotho because of the much bigger power. It's fully enclaved. It's, um, yeah, they, they don't have the biggest amount of choice with some of these things. And when they um, made the deals for the, the water and this, um, I'm sure you'll give it a special name, like the Lesotho Highlands Water Project, mm -hmm. which is about damming various parts of, of those rivers. Um, it was agreed on a fixed amount of money would be paid. But that... This tells you a bit about the exploitation. Um, the The money is not subject to inflation. Okay. So now, so as of like a few weeks ago, uh, Lesotho are losing money on um, on that damn project to um, to South Africa. Damn project. Exactly. Um, the yeah and. To give you a sense, like they've already built maybe like two or three big dams and including the second largest in Africa and they're continuing to build more. And another part of the deal, I think, was like a lot of those jobs of building those dams would go to uh, Basutu people. And that has not been as much the case. Um, and it's displaced like villages as well. It's 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 definitely South Africa has the larger hand in this. Um, and then to kind of finish off like the business and kind of like where they get their money, they also have like some diamond mines. They're pretty uh, wealthy in terms of diamonds. 20 of the largest 10, 20, sorry, four of the largest of the 20 largest diamonds in the world have come from Lesotho. Um, and uh, but again, like it's not to the level of mining as like South Africa, for instance. And as a result, like, yeah, they get some of their GDP from that, but it's not enough to kind of like make the country wealthy. Yeah. It's also just important to note on diamond mining while we're there is it's a very exploitative business. Yeah. Um, like the whole thing revolves around scarcity on a resource that isn't actually that scarce. Yeah. Um, so yeah, make of that what you want. Yeah. That's, and that's a whole nother story. You, you should look at, look it up if you, about the, the scam of diamond wedding rings, but anyway, that's a different story. Um, yeah. Uh, and then kind of swinging back to demographics real quick and like, uh, uh, because they're living like more in, they're living in like high cold places. Um, they like spend a lot of time insulating their huts with like thatching and mud. 
Um, I have a friend who actually lived there when he was eight to 10 years old. I'm in college. I um, mean, he talked about how like, like they're basically building their own houses in that way. And that the diet is a lot of like corn, potatoes, cabbage, and other hearty vegetables, um, which makes sense given the subsistence agriculture. Um, and then a common, like a uh, common thing to eat is pow pow um, or just pow or sorry, pop pop or just pop. And it's basically like a corn porridge. Um, and it, okay. corn is the major crop that they, uh, mostly grow. Interesting. And, then one, and then one more thing about crops that's really interesting is they've had gone through a lot of droughts recently, which has been awful inter and have had to ask for aid, um, from like, uh, the WHO point is drought has hit them hard, but an, because they're an amount of society, even like when it does rain, it actually erodes a lot of the soil. Like most, a lot of Lesotho gets eroded out in the rivers. So think about you're doing farming and your farm just runs away like from the rains every year. It's, it's quite a, like, it's not easy. That's the, my point. They have poor soil quality, I believe. Um, high soil erosion. So yeah. Do you, shall we, shall we get into the, the question because we've already basically basically getting there yeah let's do it okay so do you want to remind me what the question is we always do this i don't know if it's actually useful but yes the why is lesotho known as the kingdom in the sky okay so why why is it known as that sevi well, uh, so you always ask me for a short answer. I can actually give you a short answer to this question, at least to start okay. out with. We can dive more into it. But kingdom in the sky, um, kingdom, it is one of three kingdoms in uh, Africa. We can talk a little bit more about that. There is a king we talked about. Who, who's the current king? The current king is, uh, is it Lassie the third? Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and I... Uh, and then in the sky, uh, we talk about how it's mountainous. It's actually like the whole country is either on a plateau or in the mountains. And it's the highest mountains in Southern Africa. It, um, not just South Africa, like all of Southern Africa. And hence, kingdom in the sky. But how high is it really? It's, it, it's actually quite high. It is the highest country there is. And one way to look at that is it has the highest, lowest point of any country. So that sounds really... To help explain that a little bit, imagine every country and you find its lowest point and then you like write down what that number is of the lowest point in every single country in the world. So most countries, it would be sea level if they're on the ocean. Um, Lesotho has the, the biggest number of that, the highest number of all those low points. Um, so, and it's over a thousand meters, that low point. It's actually 1400 meters or as uh, they would say in America, um, Actually, I don't have that written down. Um, it's like uh, <laughs> you're turning me into yeah. So it's like forty five uh, hundred feet around. Yeah, so okay, and how high is the highest point? Uh, the highest point is uh, uh, Tabana Intilniana which uh, is at 11,424 feet or 3,482 meters. And I love so, that. So there's not a lot of prominence between it. It's just very high up. It's yeah. like it's a plateau. Because it's, it's got, what, 2,500 2, meters of range, I guess. Yeah. Which and is 
yeah, there's a yeah, the, the, there's still quite a lot. There, yeah, yeah, it's, but still, there, it's, it's more than the UK. <laughs> what I love is the lowest point in Lesotho is higher than Ben Nevis. <laughs> Probably true. Yeah. No, it is true. I looked this up. Like it's just higher. Um, so it, Ben Nevis being the highest point in the uh, United Kingdom. Um, it's also taller. The lowest point is higher than fifty than half of the U.S. states' highest point. There we go. Yeah. So um, and pretty, and then, pretty pretty grounded over here. And then my favorite part about the highest mountain is. If you translate it, it means beautiful little mountain, which is funny because it's not little. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to add anything else to the physical geography and about how we are in the sky, Miles? Well, as we've said, now you can sort of envision the, the water. There's a lot of waterfalls and sort of how they're harnessing all that hydroelectric. You know, they have 100% renewable electricity. Um they also have um, quite a lot of, um, well, yeah, like running, wa running water, water streams, waterfalls, and they have um, like not quite rainforests, but that sort of vibes up in the northeast. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 very high. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a lot of planes too. Like they chopped down a lot of the wood for their uh, cooking, and unfortunately, like haven't been able to reforest the country quite as much. Um, so it, think about this more as like mountain plains, and that also goes along with the herding of the sheep and and cattle and such. Um, there's actually four different like mountain ranges through the country. So even though it's a smallish country, like we talked about how big it was. Um, it, it's got like these four mountain ranges, which explains why like everything is quite high up. And then the northeastern part we talked about, like where the capital is, that's kind of the, the plateau lowlands where a lot of the farming happens and most of the people live. Yeah, something we, um, we also usually end up noting with uh, mountainous countries is they're quite easy to defend. Mm -hmm. um, and so this, you know, another sort of question about um, Lesotho is, you know, why, why does it exist? Why is it an enclave? Why is it, um, you know, why isn't South Africa just, just annexed it basically? Mm -hmm. And the, the answer is a bit complicated, but essentially, um, all the precursors to South Africa back in the day were Dutch colonies, um, just around the Cape. So just around the, the edge, um, around the coast. And then in the Napoleonic Wars, so Napoleon took over the the Netherlands and the British decided they would keep keep the Dutch colonies all around the world for a bit of safekeeping just to give them back to the Netherlands when they were sure it was safe. Not, nothing's going to go right. wrong there. <laughs> they gave them all back apart from just a few that they thought were really imported. And one of those important ones that they considered was um, the Cape, which is... Um, yeah. Uh, so then they came under British control, which then forced the Dutch settlers out and pushed them northeast. So that then became um, the Boers, B-O-E-R-S, uh, who moved up. And they moved, um, moved, I say up, moved north and up because they went up to the highlands, which is near Lesotho. 
And so Lesotho then started having a war with the Boers, which is where they lost a lot of that sort of agricultural land. And then they asked for protection from the British against the Boers. Yeah. And then they became... Go ahead. And then they had a little bit of time of being involved with the Cape Colony, as Britain called that. So they they were included, and then they had a bit of a revolt, and then they weren't included, and things like that. And then the Cape Colony, which is the former sort of South Africa, South Africa just sort of took all the lands around it and just kept it sort of as it is. And then sort of now the relationship between the two has been one of, uh, I think... They're both quite happy to keep the current borders in place. So um, Lesotho don't really have a, an incentive. And even during apartheid, they actually didn't have apartheid in Lesotho. And that's one reason they really wanted to keep their borders at that time. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but obviously they're still financially and economically um, overpowered by South Africa. So tell me if... I'm not sure where I was going with this, but... Um, no, that was a really good recap of the history and... Um... The, that that was actually more clear than most of what I read about everything, um, but I just to be a little add a little bit more color. Tell me if this is right or wrong. Um, when they asked for protection from the crown, they became basically like a crown. They became a protectorate under the crown, right, as their own thing. Um, yeah. and mm-hmm. that kind of kept their borders and kept their location and kept them from being as much influenced and taken over by. S- what was for what is now South Africa? Is that about right? Um, because they had that. Yeah, that, that that all adds in. Yeah, but the South Africa was owned by the British anyway. So okay, it, it just was, was it was okay. it was all it was all Britain in theory, but okay. um, varying levels of autonomy essentially. Um, um, and they also yeah. like the Basuto. Like, sorry, <laughs> I want to say the, the Basutos, but that's not right. The, just the Bas- Basutu. Um, they. Uh, they like have their own identity right now in Lesotho, like 99% of the people are like in the cultural group of the Basotho. Um, and as a result, it's very homogenous as a, as an ethnicity, which is very unusual in Africa. And as a result, they're able to keep this culture. Cause like, if you look at geography, it is really rare to have an enclave of one country surrounded by another country of this size. Um, in fact, it's so rare. This is the only one, the only other two are like tiny, like the Vatican city and San Marino. Um, so just giving some broader perspective of this is definitely the exception. Um. Yeah. Um, and so one of um, something Sevi really doesn't like, but I really like is um, skiing. And um, this has one of Africa's um, ski resorts, which is kind of cool. It's called Afri ski. Um, uh, when I looked it up, I have to say like, um, it's, it doesn't snow that consistently during the winter season Mm -hmm. Uh, so they do have a lot of um snow machines for it which does make it so that's so that means the conditions are right for snow but they don't have the precipitation to make snow um three things one uh it's the highest ski resort in africa which is pretty cool in terms of just elevation another reason kingdom in the sky um two miles is being slightly very facetious when he says that he loves to, he skis a lot and i don't although this has probably come up before and third i was literally looking at my notes and like oh like i want to mention this skiing thing how are we gonna put this in here like we're off talk of completely and then you bring it up and just completely jump from what we were talking about before so that's why i was laughing so hard yeah i just had to do it yeah, yeah congratulations 
Thank you. <laughs> we focused on uh, Kingdom in the Sky, or we focused on In the Sky. Let's focus a little bit more on Kingdom. Um, yeah, wh- why is Lesotho a kingdom? Uh, so it became a kingdom when it was back in, um, well, in in that sort of period of history where um, the the Boers were starting to fight, um, um, well, fight for their place, basically. And so what happened was uh, the various tribes were united under King Mishweshwe the first. Um, so it was like through various um, family ties, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he consolidated it as one kingdom. So sort of like made one tribe bigger and, and sort of everyone was a part of the same tribe, kind of very loosely. That's a very, very bad way of putting at it. But he essentially unified everyone under underneath his vision. Um, and so King Mishweshwe has been a king, uh, has kept the monarchy, sort of like set up the monarchy. So it's now um, like a unitary constitutional monarchy. So it's very similar to the way that Britain operates, yeah. i.e. the kingdom has power, but it's generally not exercised at all. It's the, the power is still within the elected parliament. Yeah. In fact... And the constitution strictly says like the it should like the king should not politically have any opinions or like uh, th- that isn't said the best way, but basically they can't influence um, the governance um, in its current form, yeah. which is similar to what it is for the United Kingdom. Um, do you know what the other two uh, kingdoms in Africa are? Morocco. Yep. It's similar to Lesotho. Oh, Eswatini. Yeah. Oh, formerly known as Swaziland. For those who didn't get the memo, it changed names a couple of years ago. Quite a long time ago now. Was it, was it? I thought it was only like two years ago. Is it more like five? Yeah. Okay. You're getting old, Sevi. I am getting old. What can I say? Time keeps changing. <laughs> um, Cool. Anything else to add? <laughs> uh, Miles no. putting up a hand, which means no. Um, cool. So, yeah, that's a wrap on episode number 32. Why is Lesotho known as the kingdom in the sky? Because it's a kingdom, and it's very high elevation in the sky. Um, anything to add? No. Okay. Where can people find us, Miles? Uh, so on the social media at pod at uh, at ambiguous borders. <laughs> I knew it would happen eventually. Someone's gonna make a mistake eventually. The fact it took you like twenty or ten episodes is pretty impressive. So yeah, at ambiguous borders. Uh, main ones are Instagram. Um, I think Sevi does something on Twitter, but who knows? And uh, yeah, um, we'll probably leave a little. Q&A at the bottom of this as well. Can you please answer that? Um, that always helps us out. And what, is it like like, comment, subscribe, click the bell, bell icon, all that sort of stuff. That's if it's on YouTube. Are you going to put this up on YouTube? I'm not going to put this on YouTube. Okay, don't say that. <laughs> it's just um, what you say, right? It's Smash that like button. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but... Um, uh, well, uh, definitely... Uh, rate us is kind of like the biggest thing and then give us feedback cool 
So, and as they say in Lesotho, Salahantel. Salahantel.